Welcome back, folks. Episode 149 of FLA Exposure. Super excited tonight. Uh, this episode, as mentioned, sponsored by good friends at Beat It Sport Canada. Uh, over 400 milligrams of nitrates in every great shot. Good for pre-workout, kind of mid-workout. Uh, helps the heart, pumps a lot of oxygen through your bloods, and uh, yeah, beat it. Beat juice in a shot. Real good. Let's get right in here, folks. Uh, Dwayne Ward, a guy I've known for quite a while. He's been involved in the MMA and uh, jiu-jitsu communities out here in the East Coast for a long, long time. Based out of Quebec, uh, Listaguch, uh, sorry, uh, my pronunciation with the name, um, but a wonderful guy who's given a lot of time to uh, our community out here in the East Coast. Uh, specifically as well in New Brunswick, uh, a guy who's competed uh, in martial arts himself a couple times, runs a successful club down there uh, for many, many years. And uh, yeah, just a, a great guy who's uh, who's been a, a big part of this community out here and, and someone that I've known for a long time. So I thought I'd get him on here for a chat and, and chat about his new club, kind of about the restrictions that he's been going through up there between Quebec and New Brunswick and uh, all the issues that he kind of has. And uh and uh, how he's moving forward to get through it. So without further ado, Mr. Uh, Dwayne Ward, how are you, sir? Pretty good, Cat. How are you, buddy? Thank you. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you for asking me. Thank you for those kind words, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. It's all it's all definitely true. No question about it. So how you been? I've been, I've been good. I've been uh, pretty busy lately. Uh, well, like the, my, my club was closed from when COVID hit back in March. And we didn't know what was going on at that time, so we closed the club down, the vault, where um, it was in Campbellton, New Brunswick, actually, where I ran it at first, but um, in Campbellton. And then um, we, uh, because of because of the because of the COVID when it hit, um, we closed it down temporarily, just you know, until everything. We didn't know what we were getting into back then, so uh, I was ready to open it up probably the end of end of summer because I was watching other clubs opening up their clubs, doing their restrictions, and seeing what was going on. And I was ready to open up in September. I remember that. And then we got hit with a rash of um, of cases across the river. So my my members got spooked a little bit. I got spooked a bit. I didn't want to open up my club during during um, when there yeah. was cases going on. You know what I mean? Oh, mm -hmm. I. That's the thing. Rolling with the punches with this COVID, man. It's it's really different with the way jujitsu is. It's 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 changed our face of jujitsu. You know, because ours is a contact sport. You know. Mm -hmm. Contact sport, boxing, um, taekwondo, uh, muay thai, everything is is contact. So um, we we shut down, uh, and then in October I was I was getting tired of all the restrictions that we have with Quebec and New Brunswick because I live in Listigouche, Quebec, and Listigouche is on the border of uh, New Brunswick and Quebec. So of course Quebec is known for its high cases, you know. Uh, yeah. Montreal and Quebec City, which is about five to eight hours away from our reserve, our community of Listigouche, you know. So we get the bad rap for the rest of the for the rest of the province. So uh, we get all the lockdowns and we get all the different things. Like it's been crazy. Uh, we have to we have to cross the border um, when we go to into New Brunswick. We have to give our registration number. We have to give. Uh, I'm an essential worker myself. I have to tell them my number. And, one of the workers said to me once, "He goes, it's almost like uh, you guys, you guys really are real good at uh, remembering your name and your number and stuff." And I said, "It's like we're inmates." I said, <laughs> "It's like we're, nice. we're, we're we're we have to know our number. We have to know what um, what's going on, you know, to get across." So I got tired of that cat, and um, yeah. my, oh, my wife is one of my biggest supporters, Nicole, and uh, we were out in the yard, cleaning the yard, doing some fall work, you know, getting ready for winter. And uh, I was just telling her, man, I'd love to have. I've I've always dreamed about having my own place, you know, like on my on my property. Um, I had guys that were I looked up to, like uh, Jared McIntosh from Pictou County uh, Titans, a uh, Pictou mm -hmm. County, and um, and also uh, Nathan Stever, my uh, the black belt we're under today, and they have their own um, they have their own clubs, MMA clubs on their property, and I was like, wow, I remember even going to Pictou and mm -hmm. and with uh, them down there and I was like how, how, what are the dimensions I even asked Jared a couple times before I built like what did you do and stuff like that and anyways uh, I always wanted to do this and my wife just said why don't you go to the bank dear and uh, you know go through the whole the whole nine yards and see what you can do and uh, lo and behold and now it's uh, March you know what I mean it, we uh, my club was built in November so it was it took one month five weeks six weeks to build 
And exactly. Beautiful place. It's uh, it's good enough to hold about twenty to twenty-five people, you know, to train. And mm -hmm. uh, back to my old roots of um, boxing and kickboxing, you know, um, that's what I started out with when I started. Yeah. In was with Muay Thai, you know, and it was um, um, it was my first time ever doing it, and I started it, and I I I only joined in thirty when I was thirty-seven years old, and when I was I was joined in September of two thousand and eleven, and then in April of 2012, I did my first MMA fight, you know, and uh, it took me about seven, eight months. I didn't jump into it, you know, like some people do, like a month or two of training. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to win, you know, I really wanted to win. I wanted to, I wanted to do something that I've always wanted to do. You know, people at that time were telling me, oh, Dwayne, you're crazy. You're 38 years old. You're going to go in there with 20 year olds. You're going to rip your head off. And I said, no. Tell me what to do because that's not your dream. My dream, my bucket list, you know, not my bucket list, but my, my yeah, goal. yeah, your goal. Do an MMA fight. I've always uh, been involved in the fight world, either illegally or <laughs> legally. <laughs> but young, a crazy guy, you know. So I, uh, I used to like to fight, you know. So I, my uncles were all boxers in my family, and uh, become my brothers. All my brothers are tough guys too, and. And uh, I just wanted to do this MMA fight, and I did it, and I, I won by unanimous decision. I won, I won against a twenty-year-old, six foot uh, two, six foot three, uh, two hundred and sixty pounder. Incredible. Twenty years old, and I was thirty-eight, and I won. And then I fought again at uh, forty-one. I did a boxing match, and I fought against a twenty-six-year-old. He was six foot, six foot, six foot, or six foot one, two hundred and forty pounds, young buck too. And I knocked him on the third round, TKO. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was my last fight. That was the last fight that I did. And uh, sometimes I feel like I want to fight again because I, I could still do it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Yesterday I sparred 15 rounds, you know, uh, 12 rounds with the guy that wants to box and three rounds with the new one of our newcomers that come to our club. And mm -hmm. it's just, I'm blessed to live the life that I live. You know it. You know this life that we live. Had so many uh, good people along this path. Yeah. So many good people that uh, they're the most deadliest people that you ever want to meet on the mats or that can tear you apart on the mats or in stand up. And, uh, you know, they're the nicest people. You nicest. Want to complimenting. Yeah. You, we beat each other up and then we hug each other and say, hey, man, good job. You know, nice arm bar, nice Kimura. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, surprise me with that. It's not like walking around with your chest stuck out and big egos and stuff like that. It's like, hey, man, good job. You know, good job. Yeah. Good job catching me, you know, and and uh, I, that's why that's why I joined jujitsu myself. I, at first, I was MMA, like um, I was doing wrestling. I was I would I would go on the open mats and just uh, I, I was a terrible guy for the um, for the paper cutter. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's a nasty one. Two fifty, you know, two eighty. I just both side control, <laughs> lock one arm, and I just go right across the shoulder, and I just come right down. Oh <laughs> fuck! Wonderful. <laughs> I submitted purple belts like that. I submitted blues and, you know, I, I was always just manhandling people because that's all I knew how to do when I was yeah. on my reserve. I grew up with uh, three brothers, you know, and uh, it was a rough reserve in Red Bank where I'm originally from, Miramichi, and I uh, grew up grew up in that lifestyle, you know, tough and stuff like that. And Anyways, uh, who got me into jiu-jitsu was uh, Matthew Tarantini, you know, Matt Tarantini. Yep. I was going to ask you that, yeah. Matt and Charles Willett are the two guys that – I would walk out of my club, but me and Jesse Gregan at that time, we owned the vault. And I would walk out of the class, out of, out of uh, Muay Thai or kickboxing or something. I'd be walking out, and I'd be watching Charles and Matthew uh, drill. And they were drilling. They were drilling. So in open mats, you know, back in the day, I used to catch Matt Tarantini with that, with that paper cutter. And yeah, 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 yeah. I used to catch him and and, and he I would submit him at back then because he was a white belt, you know. And yeah, I, yeah. We were just I would just had overpower. Yeah. I didn't know anything about jujitsu? I just knew how to wrestle and be tough. Yeah, yeah, Throw totally. How to manhandle them because I was always fit. I was always physically fit and I was always able to just manhandle. Mm -hmm. That would roll and I catch him and then after a while though, doing that couldn't catch him anymore. He was escaping. My stuff didn't work. Like it's like the um, the uh, the uh, the answers got changed. Yeah, couldn't do stuff against them anymore, and it wasn't working. They were escaping, and they were doing because they were practicing jujitsu. You know, they were right into it, and um, 
you know, I, I, I remember getting uh, tapped out by him. And I said to myself, if you can't beat them, join them. And yeah. I joined mm -hmm. in 2015. I, I, I put on a, I bought myself a gi, I bought myself a white belt, and I started the path of jujitsu, you know. And as a big guy, it's tough, man. As a big guy, yeah. it's, uh, on a jujitsu path at 40, uh, 45, uh, 41 years old or 42 years old, you know, starting with young pups and, and, um, yeah, very hard being a heavyweight guy because it's, it's not built for heavyweight guys, you know. Like, I admire guys like Joe Pilmer, um, you know, uh, the big heavyweight guys that move good, Nathan Douglas, you know, yeah. a bunch of guys on the circuit that are heavyweight guys that are awesome guys, they're awesome, very pioneers. good guys, yeah, awesome pioneers of the uh, of the uh, sport. And they they, they welcome me in, you know, they welcome me in. I, I remember I had to face Joe Pilmer in my first, uh, no, not my first. It was my second jujitsu tournament. The guy was killer. <laughs> yeah, he's a big dude. He's down now. He's down. I don't know if he's getting, trying to go under two hundred or what, but because he's doing a lot of jogging, I see. Yeah, like, looks good. Great guy, man. He's a good buddy of mine. And me and him uh, took each other on a meal ground at a reserve, and um, it was it was it was. Uh, he 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 had me in a lot of moves. I was I was able to escape because I was strong. You know what I mean? And yeah, I match. He just. He just went like that. He hit, put his hand on my shoulder after the match. He says, holy. And he swore. And he said, man, you're a powerful guy. He said, <laughs> yeah. It's a good compliment coming from Joe. He was choking me with a cross crawler check. He was, he was almost like, um, like, um, anyways, he was on my, he was on my back and he had the cross crawler. He lifted me right off the crowd. Oh, Jesus, man. I'm so stubborn and so like mentally, whatever. Cause I'm used to pain. Pain is yeah. not you weren't tapping. He was giving me, no. He was giving me pain. I just. I, I got out of it somehow, and and uh, he had a lot of good moves. So and, and then we became good friends afterwards. You know. He's a good guy, man. He's was, not like you said a good guy for the sport. I always got love for Joe, you know, because he's a big guy. That I. He's a brown belt, you know, a brown belt now. And yeah. He was a blue belt when I was a white belt. You know what I mean? So, um, anyways, uh, guys like that, like I, I joined jujitsu, and then I, I did my whole path. I did my first. Um, you were there. You were there at the um the I think it was was that when I was going to ask you was that when you competed against Rehill? Uh no, I didn't compete against Rehill. I never No. I never, not not ever yet. Uh but um I went against uh, the the guy it was in the Summer Games. It was at the Summer Games in Millbrook. Oh, ah, okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, you were there. You were you were I think that's probably the first times that I met you. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Two young guys. Those two young guys from Escazone. That's right. That I forgot gold, about that. My first uh, first jitsu tournament, and then I went to Boston. I, I competed in Boston. Me and Matt. I got third place. I was the forty year old in the twenty year old category, and uh, I got third place in that one. And those are the two ones that I placed. And the other two were yours in uh, Chokes by the Ocean. I remember, I didn't even know too much. I was probably about six months into it. And I remember a guy I had him in a, I had him in a guillotine, guillotine, and I just said to hell with it. I gave him a suplex, <laughs> flipped him right off my shoulder. <laughs> well, that was a fun tournament. Yeah, man, and uh, yeah, well, that was then, and then I did another one at Eel Ground. So that was why I competed in four jujitsu tournaments myself, and uh, two, one, one match, one boxing match. So I've done my share of competition, but you know, like, um, it's not all about comp competing. It's all about the camaraderie ship. That's mm -hmm jiu-jitsu you know um i love i love being able to uh after a while i started like my favorite is kimura you know uh, kimura that's that's that was nathan's favorite so i kind of like uh, uh guided i was guided towards the kimura and for a short arm like to have a short arm and there's my son <laughs> and, um, what's up buddy yeah it's my little that's my little guy he's 10 years old and i got a daughter 12 years old and i got a stepson uh 30 years old evan Everett and Eden. And, uh, nice. Yeah. Are they into it? What's that? Are they? Do they train at all? Ah, uh, they do uh, boxing. Yes, boxing. Nice. Everett helps me with the kids' class that I do. You know, after ah. on um, two weeks ago, I had twenty-four kids show up to my kids' class. Fantastic. In a way, like the amount of support that I had here, because everyone's looking for an outlet. You know, with this COVID, and they're looking for an outlet. And with myself uh, being a First Nations. Uh, I built it. I built my club right on my, you know, right on my reserve, right on the community here. Um, I put up uh, five punching bags, kickboxing bags, Muay Thai bags, 
the uppercut pads where I got six stations that I can hit the pads. And it's not just only jujitsu this time because I followed my roots. I said I went back to boxing. Yeah. And those uh, right now are the most popular of my um, the most popular of my classes. I, I run three classes, boxing class, and I teach them the fundamentals of boxing. And I add some kicks with it too. And then we do some rounds on pads, rounds on bags, um, different conditioning. You know what I mean? So nice. it's a bonus because I get to. I get to uh, train with them too, and I get to sweat with them too, and I get yeah. to shape with them too. So I was up to 304 pounds at the end of COVID. I was trying to flatten the curve, and uh, I ended up uh, being really curvy too. When I, <laughs> at the end of uh, COVID, like at the end of summer, so I, I got tired, and I tired of that, and I went on the Andrew McElroy nutrition diet, and I lost 52 pounds. You know, so I'm down to 250. You know, I feel good, good. for you, man. Pretty good right now. I'm, uh, What's that now? What's that? What's the diet you said mentioned? Andrew McElroy. It's a guy. He's a guy from Halifax. He, he trains like a bunch of bodybuilders, fitness people. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's a simple. It's a simple diet that's really healthy and it's not no fad diet or anything like that. I just followed that. I uh, followed it to a T, and I got back mm. recently. And because uh, I, I had a sister that passed away in December. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Twain. I didn't realize that. Uh, Karen, yeah, so it kind of got me a little depressed then. And uh, I understood a little bit of training. Like, I was training off and on, but I wasn't eating good and stuff. Like that. I uh, ended up getting back on track on March 1st, and I'm back to 250 now, and I'm training hard. And our, like, our, like I said, our kids' class was 24 people, so I had to do two classes. So, um, wow. I had the six to nines, I had kids there at that class, and um, um, Thursday classes was. Boxing kickboxing from the 10 to 15s, and they there was uh, 16 kids there too. You know what I mean? So Man. amazing! That's I got awesome. members, uh, adult members, and I'm just starting off in February 8th. Man, I open up on February 8th because we're going to open up in January, but because Quebec lockdown, Quebec lockdown, uh, we were un unable to open up any of our businesses over MMA and anything. Yeah. Like we had a curfew. Here, man you should have heard it like at, at eight o'clock at night there was a bullhorn going on like like the like the purge no you hear it right in cross point bro i'm not kidding you man like medieval like uh like <laughs> what the hell went down bro you know and it was going off and off and in quebec we had to um we had to go with our curfew there was uh you can't go can't go driving around after nine o'clock eight o'clock only time you're allowed out is uh, if you uh, walk your dog. You know what I mean? So, because that was the craziness. So, I was going to open up in January, and then because the lockdown was February the eighth, and when the lockdown stopped, I said, "Okay, I'm going to do that." And mm -hmm. I, have, I have my own. I have protocols. I do my protocols. COVID nineteen protocols. Yeah. They come mm -hmm. in masks. Um, um, the doors are locked. Um, you know. Um, there, uh, I have my rules. I read up on the wall. If you, you or anyone you stay with comes from a red zone, do not come to my club. Yeah, do not come to my club. I'll freeze your membership for two weeks while that person's there or something. And yeah. two weeks, and uh, you know, um, I, I, I'll have if you're coming in sniffling, it's a it's basic knowledge. This, if you're coming in sneezing, uh, coughing, don't come in, don't come to my club, and I'll call you on. I haven't yet had to do that to anybody, but yeah. I'll do it. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, but I have to think about the safety. Totally. And I have to let you I have, You come back in two weeks. And if it's a head cold, yes, no problem. But for now, I have to let you go. You know what I mean? Let you go, uh, let you go home for a bit. And, you know, I got all the protocols, rules, and stuff like that. Thanks, yeah. Al. Jimmy Al said, hey, good interview. <laughs> good guy. Oh, Jimmy. And uh, Jimmy Hall. Troy Fagan. Yeah, Troy. Troy's Met you. You know, like that's the guys that I left along the path of this uh, jujitsu. Like you, Rob Logan, all these guys are in love right now, and uh, I'm blessed to live the life that I live. You know, I've been sober now, cat now for uh, 21 years. I don't congratulations. Drink, I don't do drugs. I don't smoke cigarettes. You know, um, I did a lot of that when I was younger. I was, yeah. I was in crazy times back then. You know, um, the guys, the guy you see today, a nice uh, big guy that's uh, showing a lot of love. Wasn't that guy back then? Back in 1999, and before that, prior to that. And martial arts is a big reason for that, hey? Yeah, martial arts changed my life, man. Like uh, I always, 
I, all my life, since I was 14 years old, man, I'm 47, so it's been over 30 years of training in the weights. But um, martial arts, man, I'm telling you, if I didn't do that fight back in 2012, mm -hmm. that rewrote a chapter in my life. So I'm always telling people, like, never listen to the naysayers and the doubters. Man. Yeah. I probably told you, don't, don't do a podcast. Don't run Fight League Atlantic. Don't do all these things. Don't have chokes by the ocean. They probably told you that too, bro. But yeah. you listen to the naysayers and you always go your own path because that's the own path that the creator built for you. You know what I mean? So if I didn't go on this, do this fight that I did back in 2012, that opened it up. And then me and Jesse opened up our club back in 2012, of October. October, he asked me, he said, you want to run a club with me? I looked at him. I said, I only got one fight. And I said, why do you want me to? run the club with you he said because i trust you he said mm. you know and um being sober he trust me I, myself being sober he, he trusted me now we opened up in hamilton and we had that club uh is that the one you had the cage set up right no this is the first club was an old boxing club, an old musty place it was oh like, shit an old rundown place we had it from october november december and it was 400 a month god i missed that place i missed that payment anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah really though and we had like 18, 20 people, 25 people that joined, you know, at that time. And then Jesse seen the, it was, it was the vault. That's why we call it the vault because our club was, he found this beside our, right beside our club. It was in an old national bank. So there uh, was actual. Wasn't there a safe in it? There was three vaults in it. Three vaults. Like there was a safe in the front. There was a vault, which was our changing room. We changed in the vault, man. We had a big, thick, one inch, uh, uh, whatever, one foot door one foot thick door and uh, there was a vault in the back that they used as a um, an apartment building actually. One of the, one of our people stayed in that apartment. Mm. Our yeah. You know? And, I didn't uh, know that. Interesting. Vault because, the vault because it was an old bank. And I stayed there for seven years. I had an octagon cage in there. I had a boxing ring in there. I had an all mats with old puzzle mat we could afford back then. Yeah. And that and it was a big place. You know, I had a lot of fun there. But um, Jesse sold the building, you know, Jesse had to buy sell the building. So he sold the building and I moved next door to the yoga place. I was there, uh, I was there from uh, September to March all the time that I was there, you know, and it was such a nice club and everything. Yeah. Hamilton, and New Brunswick stuff and Quebec stuff. I, I was forced to temporarily shut down because of COVID. And then I moved my club over now. Yeah, it's a smart decision though like you said man like and like jared and, and we all discussed before like you know when when i started training with jared and jason and and all of us back in the day we we would go from like a community center to another community center to a high school to wherever if well, it was a high school and then multiple community centers and then eventually kind of jared just made the decision to build like you did and it's just it's it's been a huge adjustment uh, a huge benefit for him because like the club just kind of blew right up after that, you know, and if you give somebody the opportunity to come train, it's, uh, you know, there's, there, we were talking about it earlier, you and I, a lot of these clubs, unfortunately, we, we've been really fortunate in the Maritimes. I don't know of too many that have actually shut down, but I do see across the country and I'm sure you see it as well. Like lots of clubs are shutting down and it's, uh, it's, it's super unfortunate. Yeah. I, uh, that's why I didn't want to shut down, man. I didn't want to. I, I've come too far, you know. Yeah. Stop it. Stop right away, you know. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have a good family of people. Made up. Matt Tarantini, he went and did his thing with GF Team now. You know, uh, he's, he's one of the best competitors on the Atlantic Circuit, you know. Dreads. Canada, you know, and this guy came from nowhere, from this this island of Cal New Caledonia, you know. And mm -hmm. he came to my club and he was very French and he was very... He was, I want to train tomorrow. <laughs> come. And I was like, yeah, man, whatever. You come tomorrow. I see a lot of guys say that to me, and they don't yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's workout clothes. And first class he did, he threw up. <laughs> oh, shit. Strength and conditioning class, because we did strength and conditioning classes back then. Yeah, yeah. He threw up, he goes, I vomit in the vault, he said. I said, <laughs> up, I told him. He said, yes, I cleaned up, he said. <laughs> he's such a wonderful guy. He's like, uh, he, uh, I actually just i offered him a spot on this upcoming event we have on april 9th but he's in new brunswick you can come to nova scotia but then you have to quarantine when you go back so it's just for work and stuff you just can't pull it off but 
it's man he's a guy that's been waiting for opportunities and he just hasn't so hopefully we can get him on this june card mma picture that day of when he got his brown belt he sent me a picture of when he got his brown belt he just posted a picture in my dm he yesterday uh inboxed me and nice. he had brown belt and he had the most beautiful words that anybody could ever tell me yeah so well, you because you because you i came to your club and because you never stopped opening up your club he said you never made money a lot of times you never complained and you kept it open and mm -hmm. because i got my brown belt today is because of you he said and that's I was awesome like, well i was teary i choked up and i i told him i believed in you but back then i believe in you now you know you're a good guy you're a good example of uh, what dedication can do that guy would train six hours a day a day i'd never seen anybody train jujitsu like that guy man he would yeah. At uh, 12, he would do 6 a.m. rolls. He would do uh, 11 a.m. rolls and two, three o'clock rolls. And then in class, he would do the clock roll after that. And the guy never stopped. He's so good, too. And it's, it, you know, it shows when, you know, practice makes perfect. Or two, you know. What's that? Rapper, too, though. I mean, he doesn't like to tell too many people that, but he's got a couple of videos on where he raps. <laughs> oh, really? Shit, I didn't know that. French rapper, man. <laughs> He's probably getting mad at me right now. Dewey, don't tell them this stuff, man. <laughs> but, uh, oh, we're going to have to call him out on that one. He was a breakdancer, you know. He was, he was, and that's why the guy was so flexible, you know. He was so flexible. He was hard to, his guard is hard to pass. He's got long limbs and he's strong. He's strong, you know. And then we got, we got good guys. We had good guys at my club at Dominic LeBlanc. Um, yeah, Don. Lionel Roussel. Uh, they're, they're the purple belts in, from, our from our club. Like we started off, cat. White belts. Yeah. I remember that. White belts. And we just wanted to just keep going with mixed martial arts and jujitsu. And uh, Jesse was the first one that got promoted to blue. Yeah. And yeah. Matt got promoted to blue. Charles got promoted to blue. Dominic um, was with another, was with the Gracie system. He got his blue that way, but he got his purple through us, you know. And Lionel got his purple through us. And um, we just. Oh. Uh, I remember. Uh... Dominic, when uh, the first time he came, I don't know, it was the first tournament I saw him compete, but he like, I don't even know what it was. It was like a, it was an arm drag, but like, like when he arm barred the guy as he arm dragged him, you'd probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And he pulled a bit to him and he, and he, the guy tapped, he almost broke his arm. Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. I was like, what? And that's, then. That's some funky moves that, that Dominic, you know, he's, he's really good. He's really fast. Yeah. To roll with him, you gotta really like. I'm a big guy, so I just follow him wherever he goes, and I stay tight because he's looking for iron bars. He's looking for something that he's gonna. Yeah, do. he's sneaky. Yeah, Troy, I remember this. Troy's uh, talking about broken finger. That was that was Jesse at the Nova Scotia Open when he broke his finger there. I remember that. Yeah. Our club, our big heavyweights, man. Jimmy Carroll, Lionel Russell, myself. Uh, Charles Etienne Willette, like Charles Etienne Willette. You guys never seen this guy compete. I wanted to bring him to you guys and compete with him because I have him compete at your tournaments because he's like six foot two, uh, 20 years old, probably about 220 on him. He's just a brute, man. He's just a brute. And he gives me a hard time. You know what I mean? Well, hopefully this summer we're looking at uh, – it's not official yet, but uh, we're looking at probably doing a Chokes by the Ocean. Yeah. And july like not an event just to show up compete the kind of thing not even online just show up compete old it's, school kind of days vaccinations are going to help people like i didn't personally I, I didn't get it myself and i believe everybody has their own personal choice they should be allowed yeah. if you get a cat i'm not gonna say oh you shouldn't get it this is this yeah hey hey man if you got it more power to you if you believe yeah. it, i'll do that good for you but yeah. my, get it don't make me feel guilty about not getting it. You know what I mean? Or don't make a person feel guilty about getting it. Because in my sobriety, I've learned, you know, live and let live. I live yeah. I live my own life and I let them out live their own life. You know, so this vaccination help though because the ones that do believe in the vaccination, they're going to get their vaccinations and then cases are going to go down. And that's what our world needs right now is cases to go down, man, you know. And I, um, I don't want to get anything about that COVID though. I didn't come here to talk about because there's so many, I, I hate the way it separates people. That's yeah. It. And you know what? The, the, you know, COVID separates everybody, but the way I can bring everybody together is not talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So we'll, we'll all come together by ignoring it because at the end of the day, man, nothing we talk about or complain about is going to change it. So the, the quicker that we all get on board and realize and listen, 
unfortunately, whether we believe it or not, like you're never going to beat the system, man. I hate to tell you. You don't, you don't know how bad I want to roll with people from New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. And yeah. Don't know how bad I want. I miss like just going to a tournament and, and, and bringing some of my members there and just chilling with everybody. That's so cool. And yeah. Yeah. Miss that man i really do I, I really miss that yeah and that's why we're gonna do it like jared and i spoke today and it's like chokes by the ocean it was a it was a fun event like we're an outdoor event where people just kind of all enjoyed it. it was outside in the sun and you know it was just kind of fun so i think it would be cool to do something like that even if it was a weekend where it was like chokes uh, a tournament one day and then the next day is a rollathon yeah. where you, you kind of can come everybody can kind of come hang out or something you know that's like, not Wake division, just come and roll, man. And yeah. Some do something for a charity. Give it to a charity, you know. Yeah. Exactly. As I, all of us love open mats. You know, we all love open mats. Like, and uh, open mats is that's almost like the the format of an open mat. Just come and roll and. Yeah. Do your exactly. Thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we'll see, man. That's what we're looking at. Can't wait till the day that we can actually do that, bro. You know, like. Mm. I miss going down to Moncton and training with Matthew at the GF team and Anthony Govan and, and uh, Chad Cox and those guys. You know, they all treated me so good down there. I've been there yeah. about 10 times down that way. You'll be back. Yeah, man. It's, uh, yeah. But I feel like when we're in Quebec, bro, we're in another, we're in another uh, country. I like yeah. Because we're uh, ostracized and we're scrutinized and we're like, like we drive around New Brunswick and there's, oh no, you get Quebec plates. Oh no, there's Quebecers there. And we can get a uh, $400 fine for just going for a Tim Hortons coffee. If we yeah. get on the, on the Tim Hortons getting our kids. It's an expensive double-double. Exactly. And <laughs> that's a $200 fine, you know, and it's just ridiculous. Like, it's crazy. That's why I up on my reserve because I, I felt so um, alienated by myself here. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do something that I've always done. I made a promise, man. Um, not a promise. I made a prayer. In 2011, I was watching guys like uh, Thomas Johnson, um, yep. Nathan Millier, um, um, Storm at that time, and another guy, uh, Stevie Clement. They're all native guys. They were fighting boxing. Yep. And I was like, man, look at these native guys. You know, I'd, I'd like to do that someday, I said. And I, I pushed my – it was my MacBook. I pushed my MacBook away, and I said, uh, creator, show me what I could do to promote the sport of mixed martial arts to uh, my people, to native people, and to all people. Show me what I can do to promote the sport, and I'll do whatever it takes to promote it, and I'll, I'll do my best to promote it, you know? The next day, I got a call to go train uh, Muay Thai. You know what I mean? And from there, the, it all unfolded. Then I did my fight in April. Then we opened up the club in, in October. I've seen a lot of highs and lows, bro. I've been through highs and lows. I've put a lot of money out of my own pocket. Yeah the rent and to pay the to pay the electric every every month and i knew that someday it's going to make a difference you know someday guys like it has yeah Annie, uh, uh these guys at all girl guys and girl too because emily got her blue belt to us too emily bernard yeah all these people that got their blue belts and their not just belts too in general that changed their lives because memories yeah people that were really uh um uh, quiet reserved people uh, we brought them to the mats and showed them the how how you compose yourself on the mats and stuff like that. And then boom, they became these little beasts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Boys that they weren't aggressive people or anything. They were they they uh, they became beasts on the on the mats, you know. And and they made a difference. And that's why when I was starting out back in 2012, you know, I said that prayer. 2011, I said that prayer. And I always say I'm still holding good on my promise, Creator. You know, I'm still doing my promise. Now I got a rate on my reserve. I just have to go up my door. I don't have to go across the river at the borders or anything like that. I just go next door 15 minutes before class. I tell everybody it's classes at 6, come in at 5.45, you know, and we follow our regulations. I got a head thermometer. I do my yeah. contact tracing. And then uh, they come and they train and they love it. And I get inboxes from people that tell me how much is in their life. And we've only been open for five weeks. You know what I mean? Five weeks of continuous being open, and uh, it's just a. I'm blessed, man. I'm yeah. blessed to be. Well, you have the right attitude, Dwayne. Like you always have. Like, like I remember back in our tournaments, you you drive, like uh, from I don't know from Picto to where, from, 
it was probably like eight hours, I think, or something close to that. And you would always make the drive always positive, supporting everybody. And that's, that's what it's about, man. Like, you know, the, like kind of living, breathing martial arts, you know, kind of giving back. And it's, it's a super important thing. A huge, like who, who was a big mentor to you? A big mentor to me? Um, I don't know. I had a lot of mentors, man. A lot of mentors that fall. Like, uh, we have a guy that just got his blue belt. He's Raymond Bougeau. And he just got his blue belt actually this morning, actually. Oh, congrats. He was a third Dan Kyle Cushing uh, karate guy. Man, he, he taught us a lot of stuff about fighting and mental toughness and, you know, just uh, just just a lot of good things. Uh, Gary Young, another guy that came in our club, trained with us. He taught me a lot of good things. He helped me with my boxing match. Yeah. And a lot of good people. Like Matthew was awesome awesome mentor to me he's younger than me but he's still a mentor to me yeah hey you can learn every day from everybody of every age i want to see that guy do mma so bad you don't even know i want to see him do mma because he's 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 not just a jujitsu guy man he could fight too that kid i inspired with him i've received many kicks to the head (laughs) 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 he could throw you know he could throw yeah he's hungry he's he 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 trains hard man you know he's guys like Gavin Tucker and, and other guys, you know, uh, just, just good people. And, you know, uh, I just had a lot of good mentors. Uh, I had a lot of good mentors in my sobriety, a lot of good mentors in life. Elders have taught me a lot of stuff. I might be 47 years old, but like uh, I've been studying now for studying life now in my sobriety for 21 years. You know, I've worked on a lot of my personal demons. I've worked on a lot of stuff. And I got a lot more to still work on to the end of my days, man. Yeah. Well said. Less I know. You know, that's how I, I, I think like that. And, you know, I, I, I always had a connection with you, Kat. You always good to us on the circuit. You know, you always welcomed us in. And you guys, like, how long did you guys drive? And we tell you, you, know, <laughs> you guys are like dedicated guys. All coming all the way from Quebec, uh, Campbellton, New Brunswick. And yeah. it was seven, eight-hour drives, you know what I mean, to pick two for the uh, trip. Impressive. And a lot of times I didn't, I only competed once then, but I would come to support uh, my guys and girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I couldn't make it to all their tournaments, but the ones that I could make it to, I really felt good to be on the sidelines, you know, trying to coach them, trying to guide them. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just blessed to do what I do, man. I always will say that my club is right beside me. I just have to go outside, go to the side of the yard, crank the tunes, welcome people in and start the start the madness, you know, start the training. And uh, yesterday, I that. 15 rounds. I feel pretty good for a forty-seven year old. Yeah, man, you look fantastic. You're a great leader, man. I love it. You're what well, you're. Uh, another thing I used to love you do to all your costumes and your, uh, uh, yeah, like in per- this hilarious man. Andy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> man, you're always keeping it light. Well, you know, brother, you can be a big guy, man, and you still can have a funny side to you, brother, with the twenty-four inch pythons, man. <laughs> Jesus. Do you ever practice? Or are you just kind of natural at it? I just watched a lot of wrestling when I was a kid. My dad didn't my dad didn't raise me in hockey and baseball, bro. And uh he raised me on wrestling and he raised me on boxing. Those are two things that he raised me on was watching wrestling, WWF wrestling, mm-hmm. and watching boxing. And those are the two things that I drawn into my life. I know how to play ball. I, I played hockey, you know. I'm not like on sports and stuff like that, but when I was younger as a yeah. I was always a good athlete, but I just I I I I uh, went. I was focused towards bodybuilding and training with weights and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. all big guys, like I'm the smallest of my brothers. And I'm two. They're all yeah. two seventy, uh, two seventy, uh, two eighty, three thirty. You know, I got a brother Derwin who's built like Brock Lesnar. Just uh, saw. I wish he would have. That boy, he would have freaked some people right out because he's just a naturally strong guy. And uh, no, I was just. I was always into wrestling. And I, I believe in my society that. Um, if you can be a big guy and also show no ego where you can compliment other people, give off good energy. Uh, myself, I've, I've done things like I've been security for uh, Chuck Liddell, for Carlos Condit, for Anthony Perez, for um, uh, from the Hells Angels, Chuck Zito, uh, Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst. Uh, Head Rush paid me to go down to uh, fly to Vegas, man. They paid my flight. They paid my meals. They paid oh, my- shit. And at the UFC Fan Expo, I was at their head rush booth being security for all these UFC celebrities. And I've been blessed to live that yeah. life. At the end of the trip, the guy wanted to pay me. The Mohawk wanted to pay me that owns it. And I told him, I said, uh, nope, I don't want no money for this. He looks at me. He goes, what do you mean? 
I said, I got to hang out with UFC fighters like Chuck Liddell this weekend. I got to hang a party with Chuck, with Anthony Perez, Showtime Anthony Perez. I got to hang out with Chuck Zito. Fred Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit was sitting at our table and I was singing yeah. uh, Limp Biscuit songs to him. Uh, I got to hang out with a whole bunch of UFC celebrities. Khabib was there. Khabib was there. But wow. he, I, nobody knew him at that time. He kind of mm. everybody at that time. But he was a good guy too. And I met a whole bunch of UFC fighters through uh, doing that. I did security for them like uh, I think twice before in Montreal, uh, Toronto, and and in Vegas. They paid me to fly fly down there. And I told them, put away your money, man, because I came down here with 600 American. I'm leaving with 300 American. I didn't have to reach in my pocket for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I had the time of my life being in Vegas for five days, five nights, whatever, and just enjoying it. You know, it's such a good lesson, man. Yeah, and it's, it, that's, like, I trust you because you're sober and you're going to be the first one there and the last one there. And I don't have to pick up my boys from the drunk tank. I don't have to pick you up from the drunk tank. I don't have to pick you up from fighting at the bars or anything like that. You're going to be the first one there and the last one there. And I got to meet so many people and, you know, that changed my life too, doing, do that rewrote a chapter in my life. You know, I've been yeah. Frank Mir for, um, you know, hung out with Ch uh, Chuck Liddell, you know. Uh, yeah, hard to beat. Yeah, it's pretty great, cool. Great opportunities. That That's the thing, right? Like life takes you wonderful places. And at the end of the day, like we, a lot of people, we get caught up in money and stuff, but memories, you know, are, are, are a big thing. Well, if one final question for you, uh, Dwayne, you know, and I ask everybody that comes on this, uh, like fight the Atlantic exposure advice for future people, future generations, kind of like we're all in this kind of martial arts for different reasons, but kind of in the same, you know, reason it makes how it makes us feel and, and the camaraderie, like you said, any advice for people kind of struggling right now with COVID and, and thinking about possibly getting into martial arts, hang your ego at the door, you know, um, hang your ego right at the door. Um, there's going to be people that are going to be better than you, you know, and you have to learn to accept it and you have to learn to ride the wave of uh, humility because humility will will get will will get you to greatness if you really uh, if you're really humble and you come in with an open mind. Don't come into a club and tell people how to run their club and tell them that you're mm. better at that and you did twenty thousand street fights and you got <laughs> you won every street fight. And I see some guys like that come to my club. Yeah. Inside I'm saying, yeah, yeah, inside but I'm going shaking my head. Oh man, you're doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Humble. Come in humble, come in ready to learn. If you're scared to go out to uh, clubs, then that's your own choice. You know, I like what John Kelly said. I love what John Kelly posted one time. If you're scared, stay home. If you want to come and train, then by all means, come and train with us. Yeah. That line because it's simple. And he said, you know, like if you're scared to come to class, then don't come. Don't give yourself pressure and uh, give yourself anxiety because there's going to be a lot of complexes after this cat. I work in addictions. I'm, an addi I'm a certified addictions counselor. So I deal with uh, mental health and I deal with stuff like that, you know, and um, I just tell people, you know, if you're scared, don't go. But if you're not, come give it a try. You know, I, I haven't heard of any cl clubs in the Maritimes that I know had a rash of COVID come to their club. Thank God. You know what I mean? Thank God. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood. I knock on wood over here. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> that's that's what I tell people. Just go in, be humble. Be open-minded. Um, listen to your instructor. You know, if you're going to class and uh, people are like really legitimately bullying you, then get the hell out of the club. You don't need yeah. to go somewhere else. Our club, our club is good vibes. We have moms here. We Bad neck. We have um, fathers and sons, mothers and mothers and daughters, mothers and sons that train. Like it's a family group, and I tell people that yep. I don't want people that are coming here, fighters that are sick. I'm on this shit and then at the bars and at the parties. And I got my three strike system. I tell everybody, adults and kids, if I hear of you using this outside the club, I'm gonna give you a strike. And then if you do it enough times, you get three strikes, you're out, man. Yeah. And I said, I it says right on my rules. I have the say of whoever comes to my club. You know what I mean? So I myself, I'm just only letting my list of good, uh, my community of list of good cheer now. It was a slow transition. And it's my own property, so I can allow that. Like, yeah. Just, because I, I was nervous about opening up too, bro. You know, it's, it's my first time opening up during a global pandemic. You yeah, know? yeah. I was well, people, 
people like you know i struggle with this promoting martial arts is you know a, a lot of people already don't like martial arts you know especially when in a pandemic they're like oh my god you know they're touching they're touching it's like hold the fuck on here mr costco like you, at the end of the day all the other sports this is probably the safest sport you can have because it's two people only in a, in in a, that are tested or, or whatever right so I don't know. It, it kind of upsets me the the small mindedness sometimes of it, but it th you know it's, it's pretty safe. Sheep, bro. It's a lot of sheep. There's a lot of sheep. Yeah. But look at Dana White. I give my hats off to Dana. You know, Dana's uh, he's going to open up a full audience, and uh, yeah. pretty soon, man, he's going to do yeah. it. And yeah. It's these guys that are revolutionaries that are going to do it, and they're going to show it can be done. Yep. Three people after this, bro, is going to be scared to touch each other, scared, scared to look at each other, scared to stand in the same aisle as each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to, he's already opened up UFC Fight Island. You know, he's, he's opened up a few small venues already, you know, in Vegas. And uh, now he's going to open up, I forget where it's going to be at, but it's, it's uh, one of the states that are allowing it to, to be sent. Florida, I think. Florida oh, or Texas? Yeah, Florida, Florida, Texas. And Shocking. That's off to do it. You know what I yeah, mean? That's it, man. That's right. Like that's like we with our events, we're we're pushed back till June, but at the end of the day, to me, it's like they were like, well, you know, it's about the safety of all Nova Scotians, and I agree. But if every other sport's allowed to move forward, then we should be allowed to move forward. It's no, it's no different. You have to at the end of the day, if you're denying something based on safety and age and things like that, then you might as well shut your business down. You know, you have to move forward at some point here. Right. So anyway, well, we, we won't leave on that. We'll leave on a positive note and how much positive work you're continuing to do in your community and in our community, too, in the East Coast and, and Quebec, man. So keep it up. Keep being a positive influence, man. And any final words you want to give give out? Positive influence, too, brother. You're doing a lot of good things. I, I love seeing that you're, uh, you're doing your shows, Kumate and your, the Fight League Atlantic. I wish you the best in all the things that you do with promoting the fights and doing this stuff. And you started off with Chokes by the Ocean, bro. And look, yeah. it blossomed into other things. You know, it's blossomed into other things that are going to be uh, lucrative and beneficial to other people in the future. You know, they're going to give people an outlet to to become um, who they always were destined to be. You know, and some people, some people aren't born to be fighters and some people yeah. aren't, but the ones that are, they take great, great pride in doing that, you know, like, and uh, I wish you the best with that. I'm grateful to do what I get to do, man. I, like I said, you know, I, today is actually, I took a day off. I trained 20 days, 21 days right in a row. And I took today off. I said, Good for you. I never took a day off in three weeks since I started March 1st. I never took a cheat meal either. I'm just going straight, uh, straight hammer, like two, three times a day training, going up mountains, doing MMA next door, doing jujitsu, doing uh, the weights, doing cardio, you know, yeah. busy. My dad's a fool, the lazy fool. That's it, man. It's true. Look at it, I'm a fool, brother, but I'd rather be a bit. <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. And it's good structure, routine. It's super important for the mind and mental health, man. So keep leading, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And I hope to see you again very soon, my brother. Lots of love. Good to see you, Kat. really was, man. Thank you for this opportunity to... Uh, of to course, buddy. Of course. I can't wait to see you in person. So I owe you a couple free tickets next time for uh, all the driving you're doing. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, buddy. Lots of love. Chat soon. There you have it, folks. Dwayne Ward, uh, a great ambassador of martial arts, a, a guy, like I said, I've known for quite a while, and I don't know, probably like 2012, I guess, or right after his, I don't know if it was before or after his fight, I'm not sure, but a uh, great guy who who does a lot in his community and, uh, and, and further. So anyway, a great lesson. Again, this episode is sponsored by our friends at Beat It Sport. Check them out online at beatitcanada.ca. Use the code FLA10. Uh, you'll save as well as, uh, it's basically, if you're wondering what it is, it's a uh, these little uh, sport drinks, beat it sport. Uh, so 400 milligrams of nitrates in it. Um, you give her a little shake and uh, chug it. I always take them in kind of the middle of when I'm training. It's kind of like a BCAA. Uh, gives me a little extra push. Good for the heart. Uh, yeah, they've been. I think there's like 300 different uh, studies all over the world that uh, they've been used. And uh, this is always the product that has been used to test beat it. Uh, beet juice. So anyway, check it out. Check it out online. Beatitcanada.ca. Uh, again, our tickets for our Kumite 2 go on sale next Tuesday, or this Tuesday, actually, the 23rd at noon. 
uh, either directly from our website at fightleagueatlantic.com or directly from the Degas Center in Pictou, Nova Scotia. Very limited tickets, only 50 available, um, just over $50, uh, tax and fees included. And that'll be a super intimate crowd and, uh, yeah, a great event. So make sure you get on those uh, early and quick. Uh, they should sell out very quickly. And then the pay-per-view, of course, will be available the following week. Anyway, folks, lots of love. Uh, be good to you. Uh, no, be good to yourself. Yeah, be good to yourself. Give yourself lots of love. Uh, first and foremost, and then to everybody else around you. Thanks to everybody in healthcare and uh, working on the front lines. You're doing a great job keeping us through it. All right. Lots of love, everyone. We will see you soon. Goodbye.